Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Frog Catchers by Jeff Lemire, collecting no issues no. of the 2019 one shot uh, from Gallery 13 Comics. Got Very it. good. Just, you just asked in me time. before the podcast. Benjamin, you forgot yes. to mention who the artist was. Jeff Lemire. Oh, Ben, you forgot to mention who the writer was. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> it wasn't. It was also Jeff Lemire. It was also Benjamin. Jeff Lemire. You forgot to re- mention who the colorist was. Christopher Nolan. No, I think it was also Jeff Lemire, Benjamin. It was what also saying, Jeff Lemire. What we're saying is it's just the Jeff Lemire gig. Benjamin. Yeah. You said to me, you said, Mick, I'd like you to read the Fromic. The Fromic. Uh, I'd like you to read the comic book for collecting issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. I'd like you to read the comic book Frog Catchers. No, I didn't. And I thought to myself. What a lovely, lovely jaunt. What a fun Pokemon-esque adventure this will be. About two young boys going off and catching all the different kinds of frogs. But it's not, Ben. It's grim and it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's not about a couple of young books, Michael. Off to wake their way in the world and learn some lessons. It's not that at all. It's yeah. not that at all. Now, Benjamin, of course, I am lying because you didn't recommend it. This was a recommendation from the Discord, Ben. People are getting up on the Discord. They're up there on the Discord, Michael. It's great news. Great and news. Guy, Ben, our friend Guy, your friend and mine, Guy, who's up so there guy. on the Discord, he said, uh, get up on that Discord and read Frog Catchers. And we said, OK, we will. And then we had a little bloody tear to shed. Well, I did. Um, now, all right, Benjamin, we have to get into this, first of all. No, hold on. Boys. Do we? No, let's get into it. Yeah. Benjamin. When you were reading this, you sent me a textual message. Yeah. And you said, prepare to cry. I did. And I said, Ben, I haven't cried since 2004. And you still haven't. And I still haven't, Ben. Now, why don't you tell us what made you cry? Not in general, Ben. It's a half hour podcast. We don't have all day, Michael. We don't have all day. Uh, no, in general, Michael, on the first read, and this is something I've taken chagrin with since, but um, on the first read, Michael, I just didn't like all the death and fear, Michael. It was a very overwhelming experience of regret and loss and, and wasting, having wasted your life, perhaps, and not learned the lessons that two young books might learn if they went out to seek their fortune in the world. Um, it's it's a story that centers around the narrative of a terminally ill man, Michael, yes. who who's filled with regret, Michael, brimming. Is he, though? With regret. Oh, I think he he is. Oh, I think he is, Michael. I don't know if he is absolutely brimming with regret, Ben. Okay, go on. Because, okay, look, it's a sad story. It's a sad story about a terminally ill man who's basically going into the light, Ben. Yes, he's he's on his way. We're we're essentially, this is um, the old trope, Ben, of someone's life flashing before their eyes just before they pass. Yeah. That's what we're we're treated to here. But rather than his life flashing before his eyes, it takes on a bit of a surreal metaphysical stay in a hotel bent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Benjamin, it's not all bad. No, no. Some of it's good. He enjoyed playing under a bridge when he was a boy. Yeah. You know, he he looks back on in his dying moments and he looks back to fond times of playing in the creek and catching frogs and riding his bicycle home without a care in the world. Um, and that brings him some amount of comfort and joy. Some amount, Michael. Some, some amount. amount. And then the regrets that he has. Okay, so the his life flashes before his eyes, Ben. Rather than the classic life flashing before his eyes, he gets 
covered in a shower of images of things from his life. He does. And we don't get the feeling that all of them are things that he regrets. Like he, he sees a photo of his first wife and remembers her fondly. Yes, I suppose that's true, Michael. I suppose that's true. You know, he he looks back at it and goes, oh, there's me and the old first wife. We were so young. Oh, the things we did. Num, num, finger up the bum. <laughs> yeah, you know? some, some dirty little uh, some dirty little old man moments. Yeah, uh, yeah. Peppered throughout to his younger self. His um, biggest regret, Ben, go on. appears to be the Cat Stevens father and son moment of, you know, when you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll draw buildings then, son. We'll draw buildings together then. Yeah, you need to be careful. We're getting copyright striked all over the place. That oh, was a, Benjamin. That was an uncanny rendition of Father and Son uh, yeah. by Cat I Stevens. Is it Cat Stevens? <laughs> it is Cat Stevens, yeah. Uh, um, he doesn't talk about buildings, though, Michael. That's specific to this man. That's specific to this comic, Ben. What I've done is I've taken the classic song about the father who doesn't have time for his son and I've made it specific to this comic. Yeah, so look, after my initial reading, I went back, gave it a flick, Michael, and without that emotional kind of impact, I, yeah. I don't know if it's that great a comic. Go on. Um, it's a bit dull on second read. It really only lasts the one kind of intrigue. Because I didn't know what we were getting, Michael, um, no. initially. I, I didn't know. The, the first couple of pages of that comic are full of mystery. Full of mystery. And unlike the regrets in an old dying man, it's brimming with them. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, what's going on in this crick? Why is this young fella after these frogs? What is what is this? What is this? And why doesn't he recognize frogs? And what's what's going on? And then there's mm. the frog king angle. That's mm. a big scary thing. Um, yeah. Or should be a big ominous scary thing. And then he's got some henchmen who are weird. Um, he's got some froggy boys that do a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of chasing around yeah. a creepy old motel. And this is why, Michael, I made the joke earlier of Christopher Nolan having written uh, this. It's got a lot good. of Nolan tropes in it. Right, I, I actually, I get it now, Ben. I get um, it. There's yes. a bit. The, Go on. There's the creepy old memory palace in yeah. the form of a building from his youth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a kind of dehumanised pair of henchmen. Exactly, with, there's a mysterious with, crime lord that people don't know that much about until mm. we do know much about it. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. There's an old yeah. man filled with regret vis-a-vis bloody Matthew McConaughey in bloody Interstellar. Vis-a-vis Michael Caine in all films? Uh, in all films. <laughs> in every fucking film. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just... Uh, listen, I on second read, Michael, it held no real um, re-readability for me. Um, now, Benjamin. Go on. You're saying that because... Uh, now, f- forgive me for putting words in your mouth. Go on. You're saying you that this uh, story, yeah. this mystery comic... Yeah. About uh, this surreal, twisty mystery comic, which actually turns out to be a kind of treatise on the nature of loss and regret and the end of one's life, loses its impact when you know where it's going. Is that uh, your point? Yeah, for me it did. I'm not going to say that's going to happen for everybody. I just thought as a comic book, because that's not a that's not an original story, Michael. Um, uh, a man's regrets at the end of his life is not an original story it's a very original take but it's a ri- mm. it's an original take whose powder isn't dry by the end it's just kind of like uh, benjamin yeah i could swear and i could be wrong here 
but I could swear we have read or seen a film or seen a horror short or something with almost exactly this story in the last two or three years. And it has been racking my brain all day trying to think what it was. It, the frog henchmen are a pretty... They've become a pretty um, standard thing. Frog henchmen in suits are a thing for some reason. They pop up in pop culture all over the place. But I thought it reminded me very much of Over the Garden Wall. I don't know if you've ever seen that miniseries. I haven't been. On Cartoon Network. It, it's very like that. Um, it's got that eerie undertone. The character is in the middle of a mystery that they are central to, but don't realize they're central to. They're suffering from a bout of amnesia at the beginning of the episode. Um, and it's it's a pretty interesting take on that. I'm trying to think now, Michael, what we've both seen. Because it does ring a lot of bells. It rings a lot of bells, Ben. It was a story about a man um, and, you know, he wakes up in a weird situation. And there was even a tunnel, I think. <laughs> I think yeah. there was a tunnel with a couple of young boys in the tunnel. Maybe I'm putting a lot of different things together here. But I could swear, Ben, and maybe the listeners could tell us. But I could swear in the last few years I have seen or read something. Where there's, it's about a boy and the boy is near a tunnel and something bad happens in the past, possibly involving killing another boy. And then the whole thing turns out to be someone's hallucination as they're on life support on their deathbed. I could swear we've read or seen that very recently, but it's on the tip of my mind, Ben. It's on the tip of my mind to the extent that I actually think maybe I'm the central character in a story like this currently <laughs> and I'm going mad let's not focus on it because it's not good podcasting to listen to no, one person <laughs> rambling about a thing they can only have remember but if anyone can just back and text us email us discord hop up on that discord and tell us what the hell I'm talking about I would really appreciate to get this bear off my back we'd all appreciate it we'd That'd all appreciate it Benjamin yeah what did you think of the art uh, okay, so this is another part. I, I have never been a fan of Jeff Lemire's own style. The <gasps> only the only place I've found that it works is um, in the, the excellent Black Hammer. Right. Um, however, it's not my cup of tea, Michael, so I'm very biased. I don't know if it's fair for me to approach. This, however, is a step down even even further from what I'm used to from Jeff Lemire because this seems very hastily put together, Michael. Well, Benjamin... One could argue that that is the point. Because it's unravelly. Yes, I mean, the first 20 pages, I think, are a single sequence of the boy's hand disintegrating into a, a rib cage and then reintegrating into a dying old man and then focusing on his face and then merging back into the tunnel. There's a lot going and on. There's a lot going on. It's very... um. It's very, it's very surreal, Ben. It's very, there's a lot of surreality going on. Oh, surrealism is bounds, Michael. It's, it's a big wishy-washy. Where are we now? Oh no! Oh, we've discovered one thing, and now it's, it's completely shit. What are we on? We're on a pier now. We're running towards the end of a pier now. Oh, what's going on? Um, and it is kind of. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on, and it's weird, man. Um. It, it becomes very apparent to the reader, I think. Well, I don't know if this is true for everybody, but it becomes very apparent to the reader as soon as we see that first glimpse of the old man in the hospital bed 
um, a lot of that mystery just evaporates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty th- obvious what it is. Yeah, and then I think I think that entire boardwalk slash pier sequence is is odd and ah uh, I don't know. It didn't sit well with me on second read. I will admit it had a very emotional impact on me on first read. Um, I really did respond to it probably in the way that it's intended to be responded to. Um, if you could claim such a thing, mm. but second read left me left me cold, Michael. Benjamin, what are the histo- what are the traditional five stages of grief? Uh, the traditional ones are uh, fear, right? Bargaining. Oh no, denial, denial, bargaining. Yeah. I think you're in anger now. Uh, oh yeah, that's what it is. Um, it's denial, bargaining, yeah, crying. Yeah, Greek, uh, crying, purchasing, purchasing on Amazon, crying. Anger, Anger. <laughs> denial, <laughs> podcast, rage. Oh, rage is in there somewhere as well. Yeah, hang on, hang on. I looked uh, yeah. them up. You spin your wheels. No, no, I don't. Ben, it was all in anger in aid of that joke, saying that you're angry now. Okay, just next, because of the next natural stage, Ben. Perhaps what I'm saying is, on your next read, perhaps you will reach acceptance. I mean, you have it now. You have my copy <laughs> of the comic. So that's all right. You can read it again. No, I think that's I'd a- leave it with you, Michael. I, I. <laughs> I enjoy the Mick Leonard fund for unwanted comics. I think it's oh. a great charity. Um, and I strongly recommend if you've read something that just makes you just makes you go bleh, Mick Leonard will take it off your hands and he'll put it in the tiny room and it'll be kept uh, there. It'll be collected in the collecting issues. Benjamin. Yeah. I liked when it became colour. I was quite surprised. Um, yeah, that, that was an all of a sudden little shift, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was funny because it becomes colour, I think not coincidentally, yeah. on the centerfold pages. Go on. And it became colour on the centerfold pages and it hearkened me back to the olden days of really cheap Penny Dreadful productions, Ben. Oh, where yeah. only the centre few pages would be in colour and the whole rest of the thing was in black and white. And you enjoyed that, did you? I That's did enjoy that. It was a neat little throwback. And then, you know, it's it's colour for those two pages where we get the the full kind of reveal of what's going on that this is the dying moments of an older life life support gentleman um but then the color seeps in and out again as as we vary between the the mind's eye and the real world essentially yeah we, we we're getting an old drift in drift out where where are you now can you hear us we're here yeah. with you we're here with you <laughs> but there's nobody there with him um, There's nobody there with him Ben It's very sad All he has Is his memories of playing In the creek as a boy And that's really His happiest memory Michael um, mm. what, what do you think The frog thing is about I, I don't know If it's necessarily anything I don't think it has to we Mean don't, We anything. don't have to understand it No I don't think It has to mean anything okay. Ben Have you ever found Your brain In an oxygen deprived state um, nearly daily, Michael. Um, yes. No, I mean, okay, I, I understand you're doing a joke there, but I have found my brain in an oxygen, oh, oxygen deprived okay, state sorry, every but. now and then. I'm no, sorry. no, it's no, no, it's not. It's not a trauma in my life. It's just a, a, it's because you wrestle grown men. Yeah, there's no need to get into why, but I, my brain has been, my brain has been once or twice, or maybe five or six times in a in an oxygen deprived state, and oh. when your brain is in an oxygen deprived state, Ben. You have, you, it stops working properly. Yes. And 
things happen, Ben. Once I was in an oxygen-deprived state. Go on. And I was very, very, very concerned that I was late for the start of the race. Look, races are very punctual events, Michael. You're going to have exactly, to Ben. And like, I was desperately, like, life-threateningly worried that I was going to miss this race. Okay. And that's that's what a lot of this comic felt like to me. The, like the, the oxygen absolute, deprivation. Well, the absolute fear. I, I don't know. I mean, the guy is on life support and he does have an oxygen tube. And who am I to put words into Jeff Lemire's mouth if to whether he's uh, researched this and this is what mm. oxygen deprivation of the brain as you're heading towards death might actually really feel like. Okay. But it, it actually rings quite true to me, this idea of it's essentially his brain running through his memories and fears and getting them all mixed up and freaked out as it's beginning to shut down. And from that sense, it's actually quite, aside from the terrifyingness of the, oh no, there's frogmen coming. But, you know, the fear and worry of waking up in this weird place and going, oh, what's in that room? Why can't I go in there? We can't go in. It's terrifying. There's something to do with frogs. It's, there's a very dreamlike, a dreamlike quality to it. Uh, or a, a kind of oxygen a brain, yeah, depri- an oxygen deprivation shutting down mode. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it feels like a, a brain shutting down. Reading the comic feels like a brain shutting down. I feel okay, having had my brain shut down a couple of times, <laughs> which might explain a lot, actually, Philip. Um, yeah, well, it explains why you do a one man podcast and keep referring to a co host that isn't there. But that, you know, oh, that's a good concept, isn't it? Um, aside from that, that's that's tickling the back of my brain, Ben, all the time. That idea, <laughs> I like that idea. Um, so look, it's it's I'm I'm being very unfair to it. It's not a waste of a comic at all. It has it has quite a punch to it, and it's it's. A decent one-off read. I it, I don't think it has much rereadability, but I don't think many comics have that either, so I'm being unfair in that realm as well. It's a Jeff Lemire gig, though. Yeah. It's It's got old men filled with regret. Yeah. It's got a southern charm to the whole thing in the setting and the frog catching and the down-the-creekness. It does, it. doesn't it? Yeah, despite having very little in the way of setting, it still feels very... Yeah down south creaky maybe it's the boy's vest it's i think it's the boy in the string vest um it's also the the Ameri- the tried and tested americana motel that he's kind of trapped in at the beginning motels to me michael um always uh, just sing united states to me that that kind of endless corridor cheap motel vibe is just america incarnate in my head um, for me and others, I think like American Gods made its entire living off that whole underbelly of American Highway, but it is uh, Jeff Lemire in every sense. It, th- I will, it, I will say that initial few pages of sheer suspense, where we don't know what's happening, are very suspenseful, and it's a credit to Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire must be the hardest working man in comics at this point. Non-stop, Benjamin. He just churns it out like. Non-stop. With anyone who'll publish them, because I've never heard of Gallery 13 comics before I have today. never heard of them, Ben, before this. No. And I've once. also never heard of this, which is a little bit odd. It's odd for us. We, we generally yeah. have some sort of ear to the pulse, some finger on the ground, you know. Um, 
generally. But in in this particular case, no, it, it's completely slipped by us. So thanks a million, guy. Thanks a lot. Thanks I enjoyed it, it even though Ben enjoyed it and is now in the denial stage of grief. Um, yeah. He did enjoy it initially. I did enjoy it initially. I thought it was very, very good. I thought it would make everybody cry. It didn't. I'm just weak. I'm just weak. <laughs> um, Benjamin. Yeah. If the listeners enjoyed reading this, what else might they read? Oh, anything, anything by Jeff Lemire. Anything by Jeff Lemire. Because the central theme of Jeff Lemire was, oh, my dad wasn't great, was he? I'll make a comic about that. Um, <laughs> that is the central theme. Black Hammer, Southern Bastards, Frog Catchers, um, Descender. Take your fucking pick. Take your fucking pick. And my dad wasn't great. Should probably make that into some art. Um, and that's what he does. Sweet Tooth is the same thing. Um, check out Sweet Tooth and Southern Bastards specifically within the Jeff Lemire catalogue if you're into that kind of thing. Um, there's an amazing comic from Vertigo Comics called Day Tripper. Right. Day Tripper is a magical realism infused... Um, comic book by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba, the, the famous twins that do a lot of artwork and stuff like that. So I think you'll really like that. I think some of the later Sandman stuff um, would really appeal to you if you like the surreal elements of this. Um, I'm thinking very specifically of the one where they go to find destruction. I can't remember what volume that is. Can't even mm. remember how late in the arc Where's that is. Where's destruction? Let's go get him. I think it was gold. Uh, where's destruction? Where is he? Let's let's go fetch our brother. Um, that's pretty good. Something that I think that isn't comic based at all, but oh brother, we're out there by the Cone Brothers. There's heavy doses of that in there somewhere. Go on. Um, um, it's that kind of deep South Americana reality blending with with fiction, blending with you know over the top characters, blending with. It's just really interesting. I think the two overlap in a, a very serious way and I think you'd really enjoy that if you enjoyed this. It's a much longer form of it, but it's still very good. Mm. This is quite brief. Um, yeah, you'll be done with it in... I think you can get through it in 10 minutes. I mean, uh, yeah, if you were just reading it as a story, like, if you're just going, I want to know what the story of this thing is, you'll be done in 10 minutes. If you take your time and look at it and... Look at the art, Ben. Look at the expression of the characters and look at all the sad faces. It'll take half an hour. It'll take 12 minutes. 10 to 12 minutes. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not Watchmen, Ben. You're not going to need a break. It's no Watchmen. And that's no bad thing either, Michael. Like, it's a very personal piece. I think it's probably a very solid expression of something Jeff Lemire was feeling at the time. Um, And we shouldn't disparage it based on that. I just don't think... Um, it holds up very well personally. It's it's funny, Ben, because we've read other surrealist kind of non-linear, mm-hmm. um, and specifically non-superhero stuff. The one that jumps to my mind is the is a, the similar art comic Skip. Yeah, um, which I know you loved, and I wasn't that fond of. That's interesting, isn't it? That is a good yeah. point. Mm. That is a very good point. I consider I I like this a hell of a lot more than I liked Skip. Hmm. Um. And uh, you could argue, you could uh, you could make a lot of the same accusations about this, about Skip that you could about this. That it's it a bit lightweight. It doesn't really have a point per se. It's just a fantastical journey. And well, that's a fantastical journey through, um, very highly detailed and expressive art. This is through, uh, horror and terror and 
sketchy but very expressive and emotional journey. Oh, okay. That's, that's, do you know what, Michael? That's a pretty excellent point. One of the things I hate most about you, Michael, is that you make excellent points. It's a real pain in the ass. Sometimes then, my brain is deprived of oxygen. But sometimes... (laughs) It's got lots of oxygen. Too much oxygen. (laughs) Over-oxygenated Mick. That's what they call him, ladies and gentlemen. They're like, bloody... (laughs) Cut off his oxygen before he recommends another comic. (laughs) Old 18 lungs Leonard. That's what they call him. Uh, Cut him off. Cut off the O2. <laughs> Ladies Cut and off gentlemen, the O2 before he tries to change someone's mind. Ladies and gentlemen, before this spirals completely out of control down a dock and the Frog King comes and gets us, what did you think of this bloody comic? What did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Did it stir up all kinds of emotional feely feels for you, or did it leave you cold and wet like a dead frog nailed to a hotel door? Benjamin. Yeah. The Frog King was his own fear to face what was happening. Yes. Death. Yeah. Oh, death. Oh, death, where art thou? Uh, behind a hotel door with two dead mm-hmm. frogs in it. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think. You can find us in a bunch of different places. You can find us on the interwebs. If you want to go to a website, you can find us at shomrabug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Means tiny room in Irish. If you want to find us on Instagram, we're at Collecting Issues. You can find us up there as well. Um, I'm not and about that. <laughs> more importantly... Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you really want to get down and dirty, check out some goddamn comics. Give us your thoughts. Get up on the Discord. Hop up on it. Hop up on that Discord, baby. Because now we're getting listener recommendations. And as this episode will attest, we're bloody doing them. <laughs> Mad. 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 Uh, <laughs> join us in two weeks' time, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be taking a look at the very strange comic, Cursed Pirate Girl. Um, oh. By... Uh, oh, the name is here. Hang on. There's some weird shit going on on this podcast, Ben. We're going to have to just do a superhero comic book in a couple of weeks. We did White Winter Soldier and the Falcon last week. Oh, like, yeah, two I, weeks forgot. Ago. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. It was no use. Uh, <laughs> it's Cursed Pirate Girl by Jeremy A. Bastion. And it is honestly one of the most unique comics I've ever read. That's by Archaea Press. Um, you can find it online. Um, or go ask your local comic book shop. Apparently, it's stocked by lots of local comic book shops. So go check that out. And uh, get it now while Ben still likes it because two weeks time when we're reviewing it he oh. might have changed his mind and he might have hated it. Um, pretty much exactly the same process that went to doing both these podcasts with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's it for us ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. Goodbye everybody. See you in two weeks for collecting issues of the bi-weekly comic book book club.